This is Season 7, Episode 14 of Beyond the Illusion. In this podcast, it's just going to be Tiana and I talking because we're celebrating our 100th episode. We answer a few questions, we hear from a few prior guests. We have a little bit of everything in this one. I think you're going to like it. Yeah, let's go to that conversation now with Tiana and myself. Let's just tell everybody that we made it to our 100th episode. Yeah, you got to sound a little more excited about it than that. I mean, I am. Yay. We, <laughs> I'm we, just <laughs> we did. It is awesome. We made it to our 100th episode, everyone. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. I know there are podcasts out there that have many, many more episodes, but for us, it's a big deal because we don't do it that often and we have jobs and lives. And so it's been a long journey. How many years is it? Do you know? When we started it in the summer of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. we're getting up there. <laughs> well, it's funny because we started off thinking we're going to do it every week, right? And we were like gung-ho and then pretty quickly realized that's not sustainable for our lives to do it every week. I mean, as cool and fun as it is, it's because we never have had sort of a plan. I think a lot of people that put out a podcast have sort of a plan to make it paying somehow sustainable that way. And so we have no plan for any revenue generated from our podcast. It's always just been something sort of our passion project. We both love these topics and love talking to these people and having these conversations. And because it doesn't bring any money in, we still have to go out, which we're fine with. There's different projects that have different purpose or intention, and neither you or I really wanted it to go that way. But that means that we still have time and energy that we need to spend to pay the bills and so forth. And so, yeah. I think, oh, I was going to say yeah, it so- would be nice to make money off of it, but then there's the added pressure that comes with that too. So you feel extra committed to. You're paying customers, and this way I think it keeps it a little more light and easy for us to manage. Yeah, because sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, uh, this came up and I have to do this. And we're like, okay, well, let's just record next week. I don't think anyone's sitting on the day that we're normally putting out an episode and going, when is it coming out? When is it coming? I mean, hey, cool. If if anyone is, thank you. (laughs) But but yeah, I don't think there's that much pressure that, oh, we have to put an episode out on this day. And so our schedule to put an episode out used to be on Fridays, and now it's like every other Tuesday. And then how long a season lasts is just really up to us and our schedules. It's It's kind of how long we take in between. Rather than calling it random, I'll I'll say we're in our flow. (laughs) It's our flow of our lives, and the podcast kind of flows with our lives. Yeah, and the flow of the universe. Like We don't really stress if we can't get it out on time. And I like that. I feel like it comes out better too that way. And we're able to put the time and attention that it needs into it every time. And yeah, I love that we have the same attitude with our guests. And I feel like that's worked out really well for us is that we've just kind of allowed the universe to bring the guests to us the most part. And Mm -hmm. it's just been awesome that way. I feel like it just keeps getting better every episode. Yeah. So looking back, that first season, it was a lot of you and I just talking. (laughs) And there is something fun about that, too, us just having these conversations. But also, I think you and I both really love the new ideas and energy that a guest brings. So it's a hundred, actually 101st episode. <laughs> and just like in life, right? We're busy, we're doing, doing, doing. And then every now and then you need to just kind of stop and look back and reflect 
and have gratitude and appreciation for how far you've come and reflect on what have you learned? And also, how do I want to move forward? And so I just think this is kind of a nice little point with the podcast that we get to do that and reflect back on how we've grown and changed and the podcast has changed and grown and what are we looking forward to as well. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So go ahead and explain what we did for, for this <laughs> yeah, so because So first of all, I think I said it the last time. I was like, oh my gosh, our 100th episode is coming up and it'd be cool just to check in with a few people that have been guests before. And then also at that time, I had asked if people had questions and I thought it was going to be fun since you and I sometimes talk about AI and what do we think about AI? And so I'd asked AI to go to our website and come up with some questions for us. And so I have those questions and uh, I couldn't find today the questions that other people had provided for us. So when I do find that, eventually that will be in the future episode. So I'm sorry, hopefully no one's let down by that. But yeah, I thought we could start by the questions that AI asked us. And then also we have just a few messages from some of our former guests on what they're up to. Are you ready, Tim? Yes. Okay, locked and loaded. Let's see. Okay. And this is a good one for me to ask you because Beyond the Illusion podcast really was sort of your idea that you came to me with. So first question, what inspired Inspired you to start the Beyond the Illusion podcast, and what is your main goal with it? So I've answered this a few times in the past, I think. But not everybody but listens to every episode. No, no, and it's been a while, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, and I kind of can't remember what I said back then, so I'll say what I think it was because it's been a while, and my memory's not perfect. I think it was that I started becoming interested in spirituality at some point. Probably just out of dissatisfaction. Yeah, I think everybody comes to a point in their life where they know something is missing if they have never explored spirituality, right? So you get this feeling, this nagging little feeling that is like, there's more. You know there's more. You just know inside of you. And so eventually those people who feel that way start to look for whatever it is that they're feeling. I feel like for me, there were several things that were the catalyst for this. I did get into a phase where I was exploring like psychedelics and mushrooms and and that kind of thing. I felt like it opened up a part of me that I didn't know was there. So that was one catalyst. And then there was this other aspect of my life, which I've spoken about in the past, where I've been really interested in UFOs and the idea of other beings out there that are not human. And obviously there are spiritual implications to that idea. And I've always been fascinated by that idea since I was a kid. I have like dozens and dozens of UFO and abduction books, and I've always been interested in that. And what I came to the conclusion of after reading all these books and doing so much research on my own about the topic is that it was about spirituality. It really is. The whole phenomenon is about these entities out there trying to wake us up or help us wake up. And so that led me to find you. And I wanted to do a past life regression. That's initially how I found you. And that was kind of the beginning of me exploring my own spirituality and and what that meant to me. Because it means something different to everyone. That's how I met you. And when I joined, you have a Reiki group where people come and do Reiki together. And I met people there and I started getting into these conversations like we have now. (laughs) And that's really where the podcast kind of grew from is me just enjoying being around the people who had the same interests as me and, and wanted to talk about these topics. And so I thought, well, 
I had done a podcast in the past with my brother, and it was more just like fun. It was really lighthearted, and we we had a lot of fun doing it. It was a lot of joke joking around and playing music that one of our friends who actually does the music for this podcast, he used to join us on that podcast quite a bit and we would banter back and forth and play his music and talk about it and it was unedited, it was really rough and it was before even people even really knew what podcasts were. <laughs> it was way back then and so I always wanted to do one again and this was the perfect opportunity, you know? And I brought it up to you and surprisingly you were ready to do it right away. Well, I had been thinking for a couple years already, like, oh, it would be cool to do a podcast. But honestly, I felt very overwhelmed by the technological aspect of it. And it was just like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. So it's something that was kind of in the background. So then when you brought it up, I was like, cool, somebody who knows how to do that. Yes, this is perfect. I don't have to figure all that out by myself. So do you still have any recordings from the podcast that you did with your brother that'd be fun just to have a little clip of that oh yeah absolutely yeah i have every <laughs> single episode i still have it okay yeah, yeah. i think it, don't you think that would be fun I yeah think for be sure fun. i um, i have actually played that. the intro song that we used to use i've played it on previous episodes like in the very first season i think so yeah i'll be glad to pull out some old clips that'd be fun yeah <laughs> i mean um, some of them are not appropriate for this podcast right because yeah, yeah, you no, know it's just I mean, a different topic yeah yeah, you can find something that would be okay. Well, no, I'm not sure. But just knowing you, I don't think that you were swearing and saying every single thing. No, not really. No. I mean, I was a <laughs> lot like I am now, but maybe a little more crude because it was my brother because we've known each other right. our whole lives. Yeah. And so uh-huh. you know, we have similar sense of humor and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know, but I think it probably aged well. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun to find out. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to cut in right here to say something real quick. I went back through my old episodes of the podcast I used to do with my brother. Believe it or not, on the very first one that I picked, just at random, I found a clip where I was talking about what the podcast was about, which at the time I was really struggling with because I didn't have a real clear direction. We were just kind of improvising and going off the cuff, but in many ways... Uh, The goal of that podcast is very similar to what the goal of this podcast is. And uh, I'll just let you hear the clip to kind of see what I mean by that. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) I feel like when I was listening to that, like I was listening to another person. I feel so completely different from that version of myself. It's funny. Um, It was about 10 years ago, I think, that that recording was made. Yeah, it's funny. Even my voice sounds different. But uh, you will hear for yourself. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own roadshow. The, the, the nexus of space and time where you are now most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons. Icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that, you know, you, you want to dress like X or have lips like Y or something. This is, this is shit framed, this kind of thinking. That is all cultural diversion and what is real is you and your friends and your 
and welcome back this is the reclaim your mind podcast and we are on episode number 18 it is october 23rd 2013 i almost said 19 90 something anyway it's october 23rd 2013 it's 9 30 in the morning i think it's the first one we've ever done in the morning and you'll notice that no one is speaking right now except for me and that's because Mike and Reed are going to join me in this podcast a little bit later they're on their way over here and I'm going to go ahead and talk about a few things before they get here because we don't have that much time this morning to talk because I have to get to work later and Reed has to get to the airport and he's going to fly back to Rock Springs Wyoming he was here on vacation and he was here in Austin Texas with us on vacation for the last few days. Him and Mike went and had a few adventures, and they'll have to tell us all about it when they get here. I went to um, a little Halloween thing with my family, my wife and my kid, and my kid's five years old, and we were invited to. Uh, it, it's not. It wasn't really a Halloween. I guess it was more of a fall festival kind of thing, but it was also Halloween themed, and. It was out of town here, north of northeast of Austin, in a place called I think I think it's Elgin, yeah, and which is has a couple barbecued places that are really well known. It was uh, we were invited by our friends um, John and Trina Regalado. They're both into this the podcast scene and radio scene. Trina has been on the radio for years. She was a big radio person here in Austin, personality here in Austin about. I don't know, it must have been 10 years ago or or somewhere around there because I remember when I first moved to Austin, she was one of the, probably the most popular radio personality, morning personality in Austin. She did the radio show at 101X, I think, and she was the, she was the morning, she was part of that morning crew and, um, you know, so she was well known around here for radio and she's still in radio. I think she's on the KUT radio station. And uh, she, we were so we were talking about this podcast, and she she really liked it, which which made me feel good. You know, it was, I mean, it's always nice to get complimented, but when it's somebody who does that for a living, you know, it makes you feel extra good because, um, you know, they they have a, a different a take on it. You know, they have a different eye for it. So they we were talking about this podcast, and she was like asking me, you know, what what well what is you know, what is the theme of it? You know, does it have a specific, like, is it belong to a specific genre? Is is there a specific theme for your podcast? And I thought that was a really good question because 
and I didn't have an answer for her. So I thought about that for the next couple of days after I'd had that conversation with her. I suppose there really isn't a theme. I mean, and that kind of what is what makes it unique in a way, but it also kind of detracts from it because you're not going to be able to market yourself in a specific way to a specific audience. And, you know, that, that is, that's always hard. So it's hard to, to build up your listenership because you don't have a specific direction that you're promoting yourself as. So I kept thinking about it, the drawbacks and the positives and negatives of that. Uh, I came to the conclusion that this podcast is more of a forum for me and and Mike, obviously, and, and any of our guests to really just make you, the listeners, think. That's all it is. I just want you to think. I just want you to think for yourselves. I mean, that's why I call it Reclaim Your Mind, because... I want you to take back everything that was force-fed to you and really think about it and say, yes, I believe in that, or no, I don't. Or I I want to open my mind to different ideas and different ways of thinking and and living, basically. And and really just, just making you think. I mean, that's all. I don't, I'm, there's no grand plan here for me to lead you in any direction or not. I just want to present things and then let you figure it out. Actually, that reminds me of an article that I read yesterday. And I told my wife the story. It, she actually she cried when I told her the story. I'll tell it to you right now because it's, it's relevant about what I'm saying about people figuring it out for themselves because we all can. And, and that's when the most, when, when we're presented with a problem or an idea and we're just left to our own devices to figure it out. That's when you get the most novel solutions. That's when people become creative because you allow them to. You give them the space to. If you sit there and teach them how to figure everything out, if you sit there and give them a way to do it, then there's there's no room for creativity. I'm all for people just figuring it out on their own. And, and that's part of the problem with our whole culture is that Everything's force-fed to us. You're supposed to do this when you're a little kid. You go to school. You do that. You go to college. You get a job. You do that. You know, it leaves no room for creativity. We need more people who live their own way, you know, who march to their own beat. That's my whole point. Okay, so here, I'll tell the story. that I read the article the other day. It's actually from Wired.com, which is a fairly popular website. It's, it's about free thinkers. So there was a guy in the UK who came up with a teaching style for children. He, it was basically experimental teaching. And he came up with a style that um, was like I told you, just kind of he would present a problem. He would put the children into groups and he would just allow them to figure it out on their own, you know, basically through conversation with each other, through, you know, uh, you know, they could they could argue it out. They could work together and figure it out they could just however they wanted to they would organize around the problem and find a solution to it without really any instruction and and you know it goes against the whole systematic method of teaching that we have today where someone stands in front of a classroom and force feeds you the exact way to solve every problem there's no room for thinking on your own 
And it's, so his method is all about just letting everyone think on their own instead of telling them exactly how to fix it you know, or how to solve it. So this guy in the UK, he, he apparently wrote papers about this method and was fairly known for this. So this was a long time. I don't know how long ago it was, but anyway, there was a, so a teacher in Mexico was teaching in a school that was located in a slum next to a dump. And he described the school where you would be sitting in the classroom and if the wind was blowing just right, it just smelled like the dump inside the classroom because it would come through the cracks, the smell. And it was just horrible. And the kids were, had no, they had no books or anything. They had no computers, no, nothing because it was a super poor school and the kids were already behind because they were they came from very low income families and they had, they had nothing basically. So he, the teacher got there and he started to teach, you know, he followed the curriculum and he noticed that none of the kids were paying attention, that it was just boring to them. They weren't engaged whatsoever. Like the normal technique of, and teaching wasn't working and their test scores were really low and pathetic because Obviously, they didn't care. It was just a waste of time for for the students and for the teacher. So he would go home and study, like, and look on the internet because he had a computer at home, apparently, of different teaching techniques. And he was like, "Let's just look and see what experimental teaching techniques there are out there." And I'm gonna try them because I have nothing to lose. No one has anything to lose here. So he would go home and study these experimental techniques, and he came across this guy from the UK that I mentioned, and he started implementing his style of teaching. So he went to the classroom, and he put the, the, the desks in little groups, and the students were like confused. They were like, what's going on, you know, because it was always in a classroom setting. You know, the, the desks were always in that typical classroom format. And so he said, you know, we're going to try something a little different. So he would present a problem on the board and he would he would write the problem and then he would just let the students figure it out he wouldn't tell them anything he would just walk around and observe what they were doing at first he was a little scared it 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 was a little nerve-wracking for him because he didn't know what was going to happen and one of his first problems he put on the board was he wrote the number one and then equals 1.00 and then Below that, he wrote one quarter, you know, like one fourth, the fraction equals question mark. And then he wrote one half equals question mark. And then he walked around the room and he just let them try to figure it out. And he noticed that there was one little girl after a very short period of time that had written, you know, 0.25 and 0.50. And he was, he was stunned. But he didn't say anything. He just let her kind of explain to the other students what it meant and how it worked. And and they all they look as they listened to her. They looked at each other and they nodded and agreed. Yes, that's that's right. That's I guess what she's saying is true. That that must be the answer. And so he was sort of astonished that his method had worked in a way, and that even that one student, you know, had come up with the answer he wasn't sure how she came up with the answer so quickly but 
anyway, he, he went with it. And so he kept presenting problems and presenting problems. And, uh, you know, the, the students seemed to be learning. So he was, he was still very nervous about it, though. He, he didn't know really what he was doing because he wasn't taught that teaching technique. He was just kind of reading on the Internet at home. And then he would come back to school and teach it to the children and teach that way to the children the next day. As time went on, he discovered that this one little girl would always kind of come up with the answer f faster than the other kids. And sometimes she would explain how it worked, how she got her answer to the other kids. And sometimes she wouldn't. She would just stay quiet and let them figure it out. But he always kept his eye on her. And, and he was continued his way of teaching. And so one day he came to the class and he decided, you know, I'm going to see if I can come up with a problem that will... Um, will stump her, you know, because she's always, she's always getting it. And he came up with a problem that's by this famous mathematician, Carl Friedrich Gauss, the famous German mathematician. He was born in 1777. When Gauss was a schoolboy, one of his teachers asked the class to add up every number between 1 and 100. It was supposed to take an hour, but Gauss had the answer almost instantly. So he decided, okay, I'm going to take this problem to the school, and I bet you this will stump her. you know. So he presented that problem on the board. He said, add up every number from 1 to 100 and present me with the answer. And so all the little children in their groups decided to work on the problem, and they started adding it up. They realized you know, a little while into it, like, wow, this is going to take a long time. You know, it's a 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5. That's going to take forever. And so the little girl thought about it for a while, and he walked around the room and observed the children trying to work on it. And then after a few minutes, he went to her, and she had the answer. She had written 5,050. And then he said, how did you know that? And she said, it's easy. It's 50 pairs of 101. And it is. If you look at the first number and the last number, 1 plus 100 is 101. 2 plus 99 is 101. 3 plus 98 is 101. So she saw that and she knew that it was 50 pairs of 101 and she figured it out very quickly. And he said that the teacher, his name was Juarez Correa. He said when he saw that he felt a chill and that he had never encountered a student with such innate ability. And here, the, here he is in the, sl in the slums, in the poorest part of the world, one of the things I forgot to tell you was at the beginning of his teaching these students, he he showed them pictures of other students around the world that were the same age as them and the accomplishments that they had gotten, like they had done really well. Like He showed them students from Japan and the U.S. and and Europe and all over, and he said, you know, the only thing that's different from you and these other students is is where you live. He's like but you all have the same thing in common, and that is potential. You all have potential in common. And so he ingrained these students with this mindset that you are capable, you are all human beings, you can do anything they can do. And and he, so this is the mindset that he tried to instill in the, these students. And so as he... Um, continued to teach them this way they eventually had a I guess it's a nationalized exam and they had these standardized exams they had to always take and this 
school had always done horribly. And so they took the standardized exams, and he noticed during the test that their mood changed because at first they were nervous to take the test. And then as the test went on, he noticed that it was easy for them, and they were actually enjoying it because it seemed like such a simple routine exercise for them. And then once they got you know into the problems, they realized, oh, this is easy. So they went through it, and they were actually in good moods throughout the throughout the remainder of the test. And then a few months went by and they got the results back. And he was looking at the results and he saw that the highest math score in his school was a 921. And then he looked at the highest math score in the state and it was 921. He said, "Oh my god." And then he looked at the highest math score in the entire nation of Mexico and it was 921 and he said oh my god he said someone in our school has scored the highest math score in the nation and he looked and it was the little girl from his class and she had scored the highest score in the nation and this is the part where my wife started crying and you know he after that he the little girl, it was like a nationwide attention got turned to this little school because it was, you know, it had never done well. It was the most poorest people and probably, you know, anywhere in the world, maybe not anywhere in the world, but at least the most poorest part of Mexico. And, you know, so the, so the, so the media caught on to it and, you know, the school districts and they were, everyone was like so proud of them. And, you know, it was sad because from the article, the guy said that the teacher really never got any credit. In fact, he was discredited by a lot of school officials who tried to take a lot of the credit for what had happened. And then later, uh, some people, uh, you know, did take note that maybe it was the teacher and school uh, school officials tried to say, no, the girl just was a genius and this and that. But you know, he, he was the one that brought it out. He was the one and, and they did, they forgot. And I didn't mention that also many of the other students in the class had uh, scored in the 99.99 percentile, which is the top of the top. So she was, she was the best, but the, but many of her other students were also very, very high. So it was his technique and now, of course, this guy, this teacher is getting credit for, for doing what he did, you know, because these American journalists have written articles about him. And apparently there have been TED Talks now about his style of teaching. And they're, they're starting to make a whole movement about teaching in this way, you know, and, and formalizing it because it's so powerful. And I want to bring this all back to what I was saying earlier about this podcast is that I just want you all to think for yourselves. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that's really what life is all about. It's how nature made us to be problem solvers, to be creative by birthright. That's what we are. We're creative, intelligent problem solvers. We organize ourselves around information like bees organize themselves around flowers. Our honey is ideas. Many people who are supposedly living inside this box where they go to 
you know, their day-to-day jobs and they don't have any way of expressing their uniqueness are, are stunted in a way. And I think that more of us need to take control of that and allow ourselves to freedom and also take down barriers that are withholding us from that freedom. And I think that, you know, I like to talk about things on this podcast that are, you know, out of the norm because I I want people to to be able to feel to feel like they can express themselves in any way that they want to and be interested in anything that they want to because you know that's that's the essence of of what we are so you know like these students were given the freedom to figure things out on their own i think that all the rest of the world should take notice and say hey we also need the freedom to figure things out on our own too and uh, that's you know that's 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 what that's what i want this podcast to be about Okay, we're going to go back to the episode with Tyana and I. I know the clip didn't have my brother in there, and I'm sorry for that, but maybe I'll find a clip with my brother for a future episode. I felt like this clip was appropriate, so I went with it. Now let's go back to the podcast with Tyana and I. Why haven't we had any alien abductees as guests on here? Because that, since that's such a passion of yours, that is such a great question, and I've really been thinking a lot lately about reaching out to some of these people because I actually have mm-hmm. in the past because I, I was going to do a whole podcast on that by itself. So I know people out there who have lots of stories and experiences, and I, I think we should really start reaching out to them because they, they have fascinating stories. Yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We that has those connections absolutely should. That yes. that we should. Yes. Yeah, I'll get on that. <laughs> Next season we'll have yeah. some of that for sure. Nice. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's been a hugely popular topic on the planet for years, but I still think it's growing in popularity and there are more and more people that are open to those ideas and interested in it. And I'm interested in it, but it's like not a passion of mine. And so like behind the scenes things, people may be curious about because I'm the one that usually organizes who our guests are. And so that's probably why we've never had any because it's just not something that I seek out even though I'm totally interested in it whereas that would be something that you seek out and so yeah that would be fun to have more of that which kind of leads into AI's next question (laughs) how do you choose the topics and guests for your episodes it started off like that first season just to have a really quick look at what were all of our episodes i like to go on our instagram because it's a way i can quickly look and see all the different episodes that's a good idea by the way actually i didn't think of doing that because i've wanted to go back before and i go to the website and it's kind of hard to go back that far it is unfortunately on our website we do our website on squarespace and and i'm the one that posts the stuff on the website and the the theme or whatever that we have i wish there was a way that you could do search and so forth but it doesn't have that option. So I would have to totally change the theme, which I'm always scared to mess with because I mean, I mostly like it, but it is all chronological. And so, yeah, we're in our seventh season and we're 101 episodes and you can't like quickly go back and look at something from season one. Whereas on our Instagram, I can quickly scroll and see what was our first season about. 
And and I remember though, we started out talking a lot, just you and I, and then also just people that I know. It was like, oh, let me ask my friend Shannon. She was our first guest, Shannon Gill. And she and her partner Russ are both astrologers. And to this day, there are like resident astrologers that people love. And so our first guest was Shannon. And then we had another episode which was your natal chart reading, Tim, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. Wow. And you know, what's cool is now that you brought that up, I remember that. I remember her coming over to my house because back then we used to do the recordings in person. Like we used to have the person show up at my house and we would Uh sit around a table with the microphones and everything and we would talk. And now it's just all Zoom. It just morphed That's into that. That's another background thing. Well, so obviously with the pandemic, everything went to Zoom. And then a lot of our guests are Austin-based because they're people that I know and through my network and so forth. But I think a couple of things happened was one, everything shut down and everything went to Zoom. And then two, we had some people who were not here. And then even though things opened up later, I, I would dish a little dirt. And then honestly, Tim was a little bit relieved because when I would go to his place for the podcast, his place is spotless. There's nothing out of place. It's like architectural digest photo shoot or something like this. And so there was like a certain, this is how I feel too, because I don't ever have people over my place because I feel like if I have somebody over, I have to clean everything and that's a big headache. And so once we started going to Zoom, it was a relief for Tim, like, oh, I don't have to, let's just keep doing it over Zoom. But it was funny because of course there are some benefits for doing in person. So when we were in person, Tim and I could just give each other a look. And so it was very obvious like, oh, whose turn is it to speak? <laughs> there was a flow. And then when we moved to Zoom and we couldn't give each other a look, there a lot of times it'll be like a long pause as we're both trying to respectfully, although you probably noticed like, I will jump in there all the time because I have like, so many questions and Tim will hang back respectfully, but then I'll recognize like, oh my God, I'm like, hogging all the time asking all the questions and then I'll hang back to see if Tim has a question. So it's kind of a fun flow how that works. And then of course, later, since these are not live, we can edit out some of the long pauses that we have between comments. Yeah, there have been a few times recently where, because you can't make eye contact. I mean, you can try yeah. over Zoom, but it's kind of hard to tell if somebody's making eye contact with you over Zoom. So there have been a few times where we would just sit there all silent with the guest. And, <laughs> and I think the guest would get a little uncomfortable, but eventually we'd ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we're trying to do this thing. I'm like, okay, well, if... if one of us has a question, just kind of move in closer to the screen and that'll indicate to the other person that, that they have a question. <laughs> so we try to do that, but yeah, then that you, you get really like enthralled in the conversation too sometimes. And I, I don't always remember to do that. Yeah. All right. So, Next question. How many did it give you? A bunch? How many questions did it give? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't have them numbered. I have them. But it's, a, but it's a f- quite a few or? I don't necessarily like all of them, so I'm not necessarily going to ask. I mean, I think some of them are kind of dumb, but okay. So initially, I was super freaked out by AI, and I'm still freaked out by AI. And I know I've said this a number of times on the podcast, but then also realizing how helpful it can be as well. And it's going to grow more and more part of our everyday, the way that we live and work and so forth. So let me just try it out and get acquainted with it. A lot of times 
I think it's a good starting point if you want ideas around something, but then also there'll be things that are just kind of lame or don't fit. That's at least the point where AI is at right now. I find that's a good starting point, but also you kind of have to weed through it and make sure that it makes sense. Oh, you know what? Actually, let's have a special guest pop in. All right. <laughs> this is this is exciting. Um, We've never done this. No, we've never done that. Let's do it. Uh, hold on. I got to let this person know. It's like, I, I remember, that reminds me of my old podcast. Sometimes we'd have people call in. We'd uh, have a way to hook them into the recording. And yeah. it would just be like my cousin or something. But it was no. still fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like a character. all your family yeah. members. Like, our biggest fans are Tim's family members. Like, oh, I know. It's the like best. In the comments and yeah. stuff. Which is so sweet. I mean, it's nice that they're interested in the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, I'm, here's our here's our guest. I'm going to let them in. All right. Hello. You are our special secret guest. Who are you? Hi. I'm Brandon Thomas. It's cool to see you. Hey, Tim, what's up, dude? <laughs> hey, how have you been? Every day above ground's a good one, allegedly. So, yeah, we're doing well. I'm doing well. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, we you too. We were talking about you, like, for the last couple of days. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it, you look like you've grown your hair out since I saw you last. What? No. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, you just had it good. back before, no, maybe. No, I, I definitely yeah. have. I'm kidding with you. Yes, it's gotten ridiculous and out of control, and uh, we were just talking about how long it's getting, and yeah. Just let my freak flag fly as they go. Yeah, it looks good, man. I just saw Brandon yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I actually Tell met Brandon in person. I spent the last few days in their incredible house up in Millsap, Texas. Yeah. That's Tell story that, Brandon? Yes. So we set this up a couple of months ago because there's an amazing listener, a mutual listener of ours. Actually, she's a listener of mine now because of you. She heard me on your episode when we hung out the first time. Her name is Allison Steele, so shout out to her and her mother. They are both diehard mother, Shannon Lee. <laughs> Shannon Lee, yep. And amazing, amazing. And so she ended up just contacting me out of the blue. It's in it's a long, incredible story. She contacted me out of the blue a couple months ago. Uh, we ended up inviting her into our home just uh, to come hang out while she was here. I found out that that's how she knew of me. And so we ended up FaceTiming with Tiana. We hadn't sp Tiana and I hadn't spoken in... Probably like what eight months to a year since I had you on, or mm -hmm. I'd been on y'all show, something like that. Yeah. And so I go, hey, do you have two seconds to Facetime? Haven't not heard me in a year, and she goes, yes, absolutely. And so Facetime us immediately. We get to make this young lady Allison's day. She was like shaking, like sitting there talking to Tiana. It was awesome. And so we set this up at that time to have her come back around Halloween, and she was going to do past life regressions, and we were just going to hang out. So Allison ended up flying back. We only live. What was your drive like? Four hours, three and a half hours. Three, yeah, three and change. Uh huh. Yeah, which for Texas, it's nothing. And right. So <laughs> she just scoots on down, and that drive is nice. The 281 right there. It's beautiful. Anyway, yeah. So she came up, Allison flew in. We hung out for a couple of days, went hiking at Mineral Well State Park and all kinds of stuff. So she met donkeys and it's yes. been awesome. Yeah, he's got a bunch of cute donkeys and cats and dogs. Well, but you got to be careful now, Brandon, because everybody's going to be like, "Oh, cool!" I know. I'm yeah, to Brandon, and stay at his house. <laughs> yeah, and meet his donkeys. <laughs> and come on down. But as Tiana will tell you, I'm uh, mixed. I'm sometimes cool company. Sometimes I'm going through a dark night of the soul. Apparently, so I don't know how great of a host I was. Honestly, I feel like I was apologizing the entire time you were here. To be honest. Oh no, it was fabulous. And in fact. We're going to have, oh, Tim doesn't know this yet, but I 
<laughs> I already was like, oh, Brandon, we need to have you back on because yeah, Brandon's gone through this dark journey. And so while I was there, we recorded an episode for his podcast. He's in the mindset of the prison planet, which I think and I've kind of said stuff about this before on the podcast because it had come into my radar and it kind of concerned me. So here it was like, oh my gosh, Brandon's in that mindset now. So we had a really interesting conversations. Um, I'm not sure Brandon. if I'm going to release it to the main feed yet. I may do it for Patreon, but probably won't mm -hmm. put it out to the main feed. I'm super emotional, yeah. dude. I'm all over the place right now. And again, that's why I was like apologizing mm -hmm. to her the whole time. Because they're great conversations and I see the dualistic nature of it. It's just, I see both paths so clearly and it feels like perceptions like this razor's edge, right? And it's just so many things and I felt that I was on a real strong side of a certain perspective and it changed. Like, instantly just as if i shifted one degree and everything was now in a incredible way the polar opposite like in ridiculous ways so yeah it's just been an interesting time and so you're welcome to come up and maybe i'm having fun maybe i'm not i don't know but it's been a dark adventure to be honest with you yeah but it's so real and authentic and that's why i feel like some people on that are on the spiritual path will paint this human experience from just this rosy lens. And I think if you're somebody that's really seeking truth, and you are, and especially you, Brandon, you're so open-minded and exploring, willing to look under any rock and go to any whatever lengths to, I don't know, to listen or just to consider different perspectives. And so I think a natural consequence of that is that it's yeah. not always pretty to see everything that's out there. I think I expanded my reality too far. You know what I mean? I just kind of, <laughs> I was like, damn it, I did it. Because that's, that's how I explained it to you. And that's what sucks about it, to be honest with you. I have these moments, and I don't think anybody's honest with themselves on this journey if they say that they don't. But I have these moments of just like cipher, just plug me back in. Let me unforget a few things and back up from a few of the paths I've taken. Because that's what it feels like. I'm just running down these dark tunnels and going, nope, not there, coming back. Nope, not there, coming back. You know what I mean? And it feels like... It is a linear sort of journey, but as I've explored those, I've sort of zipped down the tunnels. And you and I uh, were speaking a lot about this, and I'm to the point where it, it does. It looks like you have basically two perspectives, and I would say that that's dualistically what I've come to. Yes, it is sort of a dualistic experience in nature, in polarity, and all of those things. And where I'm at is I feel like I've come so far that I went outside the game, but I kind of saw back into it to see it at a big level. And it scared the scared the shit out of me, dude. And that's where it's at. And it, it just, like I said, it erased almost like nothing mattered of all the stuff and all the joy and love and anything like that. And it just dark. And so in that, when it came to the perspectives that were offered, though forging my own is what I've been doing, it sort of looks like I came to this fork in the road. And so as I explored the one that I felt really, really drawn to and very connected with, the spirituality, the big S, the little S, the all of it. I went down so many things, applied Gnostic principles, like you said, Tyane. I look at things so big and apply so many different lenses to it. And what I ended up looking at and piecing together in this really dark way was that it got to a point to where it required faith and trust. And even in yourself, Right. Now, I've been on the mission to find that. I've been on the mission to find faith and trust, even in myself. Have it, I don't connect with things like you guys do, or like, like some people say, they're, and I don't even know what I mean when I say that, How like you guys do, right? I get this sense that there's some 
interesting. Some people view this as a benevolent experience to where that they have contact with something or connection, at least a faith, a belief, a connection, even if it's a small little sliver of one in something that they can't quote see. But there's a feeling, there's a faith. Again, I've never possessed that. I've been looking for that. And so as it goes, as a seeker, you start to look at the NLP prospects of all of this kind of stuff. And you start to say, okay, well, if I'm seeking, that's a verb, right? I'm not going to find anything. I'm going to find more things to say, oh, I need to continue to seek. And I got to a point where I used to love the journey. I used to be like a big fan of the up and down and the oh tower moments. Man, these are great. They're indicators of something awesome. I'm super excited. The level up's coming and all that kind of stuff. And it got to be where the tower moments were so heavy and hard. And the, the way I'd explain it is the ju- juice wasn't worth the, worth the squeeze. And so I sat here and said, okay, well, if it's faith and trust and all this kind of stuff, that that's my next inevitable step, then that is the reason I bailed on religion, right? It was the five-letter word in my mind. It's a five-letter cuss word, trust and faith. And because I have a very interesting tapestry of a history up to this point where tying I don't know how deep we want to go into any of that stuff, but I have a trust issues to say to undersell it quite strongly. And so not knowing what that is and that being a requirement of the mechanism of the modus operandi, right? I found myself just in a dark hole of, okay, well, not for me. I described it to Tiana like I'm in a tunnel, like in the aquarium, and I can see this beautiful world outside of me, but I'm sort of flowing through this track, this stinky, cold, dark track by myself in any direction. It's just linear. But I could see this 3D world all outside of me where you guys are like swimming around. You're talking to guides. You're getting advice. You're like picking up on signs. You feel connections. And what I'm feeling with that is it's an environment, yes, but it's not my environment. Like I'm not supposed to be there. And the more I tried, the way I described it to Sayana was it, it felt like I was breathing underwater. And so I'd dip in there and I could hang out there for a little bit, but I couldn't stay there. And so I did come back to this place, whatever this is, this darkness. And that's really what it feels like I was navigating this entire time looking for connection and thinking that that was it. Because again, the tapestry allowed me to turn away from things like all the social structures, the ego structures that you're brought up on. Like my parents and I have a pretty interesting tapestry there to where, yeah, trust not found. And then we look at all your priests and religions and teachers. And there's, again, things in every department where a child would learn trust and love to where I could check off, no, absolutely not, no, absolutely not, in such specific, sometimes trauma-inducing ways. And so I've sort of come to this conclusion with my lack of connection, I suppose you could say, that hidden in the void was this answer for me. And the answer was, yeah, it's out there, it's all around you. It's a couple of things. It's out there and it's all around you, but it's not for you, you can't access it. Or it's out there all around you, you can access it, but your programming is so deep that we've ensured that you will never be able to reach it, right? It's the key hanging in the middle of the cell, and I don't have wings. It's like that Batman thing with Bane, right, that had to climb that ridiculous thing. And then it got to the point where, okay, I can see the key, I can see these things, but I don't have the strength, right? Then all of this met me at extreme, I mean extreme burnout. And there's, again, a lot of personal things that are wrapped up into that situation that I'm not going to go into, but I woke up with a mantra like every day for at least two months of you're going to kill yourself today. And again, no guide or no connection or no like sliver. I just got to the why bother? Like what the hell's going on? And then that led me sort of into this, looking at the the work of Hattie Mikowski and uh, Tony Sayers and things like this, where these people are talking about these Gnostic documents and this ancient order called the Cathars and how they kind of were done with decorating their jail cell. They just wanted out. 
and they sort of discovered that this place is a demiurge sort of copy of reality, and it's a hell planet that's a trauma factory to keep you here. And it's a louche thing that just sucks your energy. And once you sort of play that all in under the tunnels that I've ran down with all the things that I thought I could breathe in the environment of, it brought me here. And so it seems like my environment is, or I'm most suited for, this sort of just hell thing. I mean, at least right now. I don't know. It's a pretty dark place to be, to be honest. I don't recommend it. I mean, the way you're describing it does sound pretty challenging to say the least and i on many points can relate to you and what you're saying for sure yeah because i think once you open up spiritually then there is the possibility and not probably just a possibility but probably the inevitability that you will experience something like what you're describing maybe not to that extreme but you'll definitely experience like a dark night of the soul I did, and I still feel like many days it is like that. And I think it's good to remember, this helped me a lot, was we have these definitions of how things should be and how maybe we get caught up with other people's definitions of of what they're experiencing. And uh, the world is just so much more malleable than that. The universe is. So we've constructed these ideas of how things should be in our minds. And when they don't fit that, we're kind of thrown off. And then we create something else. And maybe it's just worse than what we had before. And so I think eliminating our definitions of what we are, of what this place is, is probably very helpful and it has been for me. I try to let go of as much of these mind constructs as I possibly can because I feel like if we truly are connected to something higher, then it will define that for us and we don't have to do it with our minds because our minds are so limited. They're built off of prior experience and if we let that prior experience determine what is here and now, then I think we're shutting off most of it because there's only this right now. That's it. And everything else is just an idea. This is a really big conversation, which is why I want it to be its own episode. I mean, we spent like three days going. (laughs) And so we were going in this deep conversation. And then when I'm driving home the three plus hours, suddenly I'm like, oh, man, I need to say this to Brennan. And I was like, oh, this is why we need an episode on Beyond the Illusion about this, because there's just a lot to say. So I want to just... Give that as a taster for people (laughs) for the episode that we have. For sure. Yeah, I definitely want to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, really rich topic. I started to see it on Reddit a lot more in the reincarnation subs, right? Like to read about reincarnation past life subs. And then people are like, once I say it, then we're going to go into it. But uh, I really just wanted to like... Hey, I just hung out at Brand's house and it was really cool to see him. And I got to meet Allison and I got to meet Mary, his lovely partner, and Yokai, your dog. I was like, oh, it's Yokai riding like back in the back. (laughs) All the pets. Loves you. (laughs) Yokai. (laughs) What a cool Um, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Just really happy to have you pop in and hopefully we'll have that conversation soon because I think there's a lot that we can say about that whole topic. I'd love to and I don't disagree. And it, it was something I even told you and I've had a couple other people invite me on and I'm just like, I don't want to be spreading this message. Like this is dark. And what I was doing and, and really, like I said, apologizing to you profusely and only in the way that where Tim, it was like everything I would say, I'd be like, okay, now look, don't take this personally. And I'm not trying to say it to you, but I mean, even it's so deep, we won't go too dark into it. But I mean, it was even like I intellectually have worked this out, dude. And that's what I have to lean on. Because again, the trust isn't there and the sliver of iota of hope or feeling or connection or 
even anything that something is governing this, that is benevolent, because I don't disagree with you that maybe something's there, but I definitely argue with its motives, for sure, and your role within them. And that's something I was breaking down with Tiana. In the meantime, just one more, Howdy Minkowski's book, Exit the Cave. If you guys want to check it out, the audiobook is, he reads it himself on YouTube, it's completely free, or you can check it out on Amazon, I'm about to have him on. December 1st, I have him booked to come on, and that's going to be an amazing conversation. So it is dark stuff, but... If anybody out there is looking for just some deeper questions and they're thinking that some folks aren't quite ringing the bell of the darkness that they're experiencing and you may just want to feel like you're at least not alone a little bit, a little sliver, that's just my quick book recommendation. We could do a thousand, but start there. Well, the weird thing is that I think at first hearing the loss of any hope that you have and the really dark view, part of me was just like, oh, so wanting you to feel and see and know the light that I know. And I started off and I got myself really... Like, you're not here to save anybody, Diana. And I think it's a really good opportunity. But what I found actually having those conversations is it helped me to even more solidify what I believe in, actually, that it only strengthened like, oh, how I know what I know within me, which again, is like this whole spiritual journey or just this whole, you can call it truth journey instead of because maybe there's a, a weight of the word spiritual, but this whole truth exploration or journey ultimately any kind of experiences that we have inwardly, we can't prove to other people outwardly or even the idea of is love real and what is love and how can I prove that to you? And I can't, but and it's weird. Like it just really actually strengthened or solidified my knowing about what I know. So anyway, it'll be fun to have that conversation. And what I really love about it as well is that you and I have totally opposite beliefs about it. And yet we were very respectful to each other the whole time. And we didn't come out of it angry or upset with each other. And I think just even that, because there's so much polarization that's going on on the planet and any of these big wars and, and social issues, and just to maybe embody or demonstrate that it, you can have these meaningful conversation and sharing ideas in a way that is respectful to one another. It's a beautiful thing that you said, and absolutely. And that's why the whole, like I said, Tim, I mean, every other bit of the conversation, I was like, now look, you know, I love you. We're just talking here, right? I'm just where, it, this, where I'm at, it sucks. I mean, it was dark. And, and what it is really at its core is, of course, I'm respectful of y'all's experiences. And I've been this way, and I've said this throughout the show, I've been seeking, I've been learning. I'm not an experiencer. So no UFOs, no poltergeist activity, no anything like that, no voices in the head, no, that are good to me and no, no anything like that. So again, this connection, I don't doubt that you experience. It's not for me to judge anybody else's experience and say, oh, that sucks. Actually to the opposite. I feel that it is such a motivating and influencing factor and just a blanket that you wear around. That's amazing. It's just this hope again, this lighthouse that this is for a purpose, that there's a meaning in the role that you play in it and that even the ups and downs are worth it. That's the part I got to. Again, juice isn't worth the squeeze. I am done being squeezed that way. And that's really what it was. And then that bothers me to a huge ego level. Well, why wasn't I strong enough? Why didn't I stand up? Why wasn't I able to withstand that? Why did I crumble so quick? Why didn't somebody come in and help even though I don't expect a savior? I then reach out and outsource sort of these questions to like, well, what are other people saying or comforting them through these rough times? Oh my gods, or, or oh, I just have this and I don't. And so again, these coping mechanisms that are innate in you guys, I don't experience. But again, and excuse me, it's not for me to talk shit about it because I don't think that that's what's occurring either. I do, again, feel that y'all are, anybody who says that they are, within reason and character and all that, I don't believe everybody's telling the truth, but they are experiencing something if it's genuine and you know the difference, then that's awesome. What I am again butthurt about, if you will, 
is I don't interface with it. And again, it calls in all kinds of stuff. So it's this fascinating thing. And this is why, again, we talked just briefly about the prison planet thing is because it's such a personalized thing. I've just figured out my prison. Not everybody's figured out their prison yet. Mine is I'm abundantly talented and ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of weight, just stupid. But it's this next step part of it. And it's this bigger growth outside and these programming setbacks. It's this healing trauma loop. It's all of these things that took away the carrot on the stick for me to contribute energy to the system. And so now I just do it without the carrot and it sucks. And that's again, the part that I've kind of feel like I'm at. I don't know what the phone on here, but that's what it feels like. This is what happens. I'm so tempted to like, we could just dig at this, this <laughs> but I want to put a pause on that so that we can have that full conversation coming up soon. Thank you so much for popping oh, yeah. in, Brandon. We love you. Oh yeah. Bianca loves you. <laughs> yeah. I hear from other people like, oh, who's that Brandon guy? He's so amazing. So you just have the way that your mind works is really amazing. Anyway, thank you so much for popping in and we look forward to having a full discussion on that topic in the near future. Would love to. Congratulations on the centennial. Dude, way to go, Tim. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Love you yeah. Too. Good to hear so from much. you, man. You too. Yeah. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. bye. Yeah. That's some heavy stuff there. For yeah. Sure. But yeah. I'm kind of interested. I want to hear more. Totally. I love Brandon. He's awesome. I think that whatever he's going through, it's like pedal to the metal. He doesn't have like a 50%, 75%. He has a 100%. And so. Whatever he's going through, it's going to be really, really intense, I think. I appreciate the honesty and the transparency. It's like when you are creating all of these things and you have this podcast that's about this or that, and then if you start to see things differently or you have a different experience, then how much of that do you share? And I think it is really just like us talking about our stuff. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's not about us, but then it kind of is. I mean, we created this and because people that are interested in this podcast are interested in the spiritual journey. And so our lives are a reflection of the spiritual journey. And it's sort of validating that we all go through our ups and downs. And I totally went through a dark night of the soul and it lasted for like two years almost. And so it can get really dark. And I think that that is part of the journey of like facing, not just, I always say this and it's all like, I'm such a broken record, but I'm not into the good vibes only tribe, right? I think that we have to face darkness and try to grapple with why does that exist in this reality and what is the purpose of polarity? And so that'll be a really interesting conversation to have. So Brandon's the only one that we're able to bring on live today, but then we have some messages that a few other people that were guests before sent in. Do you want to read some? Oh, yes, of course. This is a funny thing with the podcast too. When we first started, I just can remember having to go through a thing of one, realizing I'm telling all these really personal stories and anyone can find them on the internet. And then two, when I'm listening back, I'm like, Man, Tim's voice is always just so smooth and even, and I'm all over the place because when I get really excited, I can have kind of like high-pitched squeaky voice, and then other times I can be kind of calmer. And I was like, oh man, why can't my voice just be that stable and smooth? But finally just kind of accepting like, no, that's who I am. I have a very excitable personality and that's the enthusiasm that I bring and it's reflected in my voice. So it's been kind of fun to go through that as well and let go of maybe some self-consciousness on a bunch of different levels, self-consciousness of telling my story and self 
self-consciousness of how I sound when I'm telling my story. Did you go through some of that too? Tim? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, I feel the exact same way. I was even thinking today that I was really uncomfortable and self-conscious for the first couple of years doing this podcast, <laughs> every single episode, and you can hear it in my voice. So yeah, it's been a huge change for me as well, as far as like being comfortable with myself and the things that I say and the way that I say them. And yeah, like you said, my voice and everything. And so yeah, it's been a lot of self-acceptance for sure. Yeah. And I don't nice. always sound like even and because if you were in my house, you would hear me yelling, you would hear me getting excited, you would hear me yelling. talking to my cats <laughs> with their cat voice and all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. do the cat voice. Do the, come on, do oh, the no, cat voice. No, I'm not nearly comfortable <laughs> enough doing that in front of people, but, <laughs> but the cats know it. And my kid and my wife hear it sometimes, and I'm sure they think I'm an idiot, but whatever. <laughs> They only hear it sometimes. Oh, my God. When I was at Brandon's place, I'm talking to the donkeys. I'm talking to the cats. I'm talking to the dogs. There's definitely a different voice than the people voice. It's funny how we do not, that, I right? Don't do baby talk. I, I won't do baby talk for anyone. I'm like, no, I don't even do baby talk with babies. Like baby talk for whatever reason bugs me. It's annoying. But, but yeah. yeah, there's like a cutesy voice, but I don't like I don't know how. Anyway, I'm not going to even know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's a, the whole thing with the baby talk that like now now people know it's my a pet peeve and I'm going to. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this isn't all love and light here. Right? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'm afraid like my friends and family are going to be like, oh, she doesn't like baby talk. And then just to bug me, like when I used to um, want to bug people, there's a, the 50 nifty United States song. Do you know that one? So, Alabama, no. Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, that you learn in school to all of the states. And then, so if I ever just wanted to bug, like, I think my sister and my brother, I'll sing, I'll whip that song out. And it's so annoying that, you know, that, okay, I'll do whatever. Just stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> and now people know that baby talk is the thing. That's, that's your kryptonite. Happen. Okay. Yes. Mm hmm yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. It's kind of annoying. The worst is if a couple does baby talk. Oh my God, that's the worst. That's what I was thinking of right now. A grown man and a grown woman doing yeah. baby talk to each other is like uh, vomit inducing. It is. Sorry. It's surprising Sorry, sure. too, when because I saw <laughs> yeah. a couple doing that the other day and it, it, was, it was shocking actually. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> there are people that do that. Uh, and then out in public. <laughs> okay, Tim, go ahead. Read. read okay, some. yeah. So we got some messages from some of our prior guests. And this is Amy Lee. She did the episode in season one about human design. I remember yeah. her. She was fantastic, super intelligent person. She mm -hmm. says, lovely to hear from you. And congratulations on your 100th episode. I believe you are also good friends with Shannon and Russ, whom we've gotten to spend more time with since moving to Wimberley. Oh, she w moved to Wimberley. Cool. Yeah, right? I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Cool. So yeah, since, world. yeah, yeah, moving to Wimberley several months ago, oh. I truly enjoyed talking with you and Tim on Beyond the Illusion and received a lot of positive feedback at the time. I appreciated the questions you both brought and found our conversation to be a great introduction to human design. Hard to believe it's been at least a few years since we met. My best to you in your current endeavors, Amy. That was really nice. Yeah, isn't that interesting that mm. she's now in Wimberley? So I was like, oh, I probably will see you sometime at one of Shannon and Russ's events in the near future. Yeah, so nice. I sometimes wonder where 
these people are and what they're doing. So it's good to hear from them. Do you want to read the next one from Michelle? From Michelle Blood. So remember, she was on doing the affirmations. She was one of the guests. And and Tim and I, we we talk about this, and usually we'll just say it on air, is that sometimes with some guests, I feel a lot of energy. Or you feel, we feel energy with different guests. I remember when she was on, I felt like I was in kind of an altered state. And it was really interesting how her energy affected me in a good way, right? In a really good way. So it says, Dearest Tiana and Tim, I wanted to thank you again for having me on your inspiring, wonderful show. I also wanted to send you a special gift of my new product, the world's first manifestation video book. I wrote the book version and then turned it into a video book. It's so much fun and so unique. So we're going to have this link there so that you can check it out. In love and oneness, Michelle. Oh, how nice. I'll have to check that out as well. And she's always giving, you know, when Michelle came on, she gave yeah, us a bunch of stuff. And to, yeah. I think that's why her, her stuff works is because she's in that mode of like, I'm giving. She's always giving. Yeah, I'm in the abundance and prosperity class from our recent guests, mm-hmm. Golbahar and Brian. And when we talk about that, because it's like the giving mindset and then just the law of tenfold return, what you're giving freely without any attachments or expecting anything back comes back tenfold. So yeah, I think Michelle Blood is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that is true. I believe that. So this next one, I'm glad I get to read this one because I love Tara. Or Tara, is it Tara? She pronounced Tara. it Tara, right? Yeah, Tara Springett. Oh my gosh. This one was one of my favorite episodes. And I got her books and I read them and I did her stuff. It's just great. She's so awesome. Here's what she said. I remember our interview fondly. Since then, I have had more and more clients seeking help for kundalini symptoms until I have become completely run over by them. Now I have a waiting list with many hundred of people on it and have begun to offer groups instead of only one-on-one sessions. It appears to me that more and more people are experiencing this consciousness expansion. Thanks to podcasts like your own and that humankind is truly experiencing a quantum leap into higher consciousness. All the best to you and Tim, Tara. Yes, I totally agree. That's so cool. She's overwhelmed with clients, right? That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's all due to our podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's due to all the people that are having their kundalini activated. It's due to this energy, the vibration on the planet and this shift and this awakening. And so a lot of people are having these kind of activation awakening experiences. And she just created some really good resources to help people through that. Yeah, for sure. So I'll read the next one from Michael Thornhill. He came on twice. The first one was the trauma-informed healing and galactic channeling episode and that was season five episode 10 and so he says congratulations on the hundredth episode awesome news the world is a better place with you both in it it's always a pleasure to connect with you both our audience loves the beyond the illusion podcast and we love the deep conversations that have arisen with such amazing hosts thanks again updates from us at casa galactica We have a new retreat center where we continue to host ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats, bufo ceremonies, and a plethora of online and in-person sessions and courses to help you heal and evolve. And so we'll put the link to their website and they said, please check it out and reach out to us for a free 30-minute consultation with us to find out more. That's really generous, 30 minutes consultation. Wishing you all the best and continued success with the show. Much love, Michael and Jamie at Casa Galactica in Peru. Oh, how nice. 
Yeah, and remember he did some channeling. So we've had a few people on the show that have channeled, and so that was cool. I really appreciate that too. When they're willing to do that, it gives it like a certain level of validity, and that's not something to take lightly. I think that's kind of putting them on the spot and everything, and they yeah. go ahead and do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, because I channel my guide will, but I can't do it for anybody else sitting in front of me. I get too self-conscious. Somebody wants to give me a question and then later on on my own in private and then come back to you. So yeah, when people are channeling live on the spot spontaneously, I give them a lot of credit for being able to really let their personality consciousness step aside and flow into the higher consciousness state. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read the next one, and I'm so glad. This is working out perfect because it's Victoria Ballou. She did the tarot card and the dream analysis episode in season five. And that one was just so incredible because I had a session with her, and it was amazing. It was so good that I actually go back and listen to because I recorded it. And so I go back and listen to it every so often. It's incredible that it still applies to me. And it's got to be a couple of years ago that I had this session. Yeah. I mean, it still applies to my life now. So, yeah, that was so good. Okay, she says, Congratulations, Tiana and Tim, on your 100th episode. Thank you for having me on Beyond the Illusion twice as a guest. Several friends and clients mentioned that they had listened to the interviews and truly enjoyed them. They, like me, have become big fans of your show. I'm still busy reading tarot for clients and helping them interpret their dream symbology. And now I'm writing the sixth book in my urban fantasy series, The Tarot Legacies. Plus, we are coming up on our 10th year of publishing Astrologic Magazine. I say we, of course, because Tiana, you are a monthly contributor to the magazine with your articles about soul awakening. I always learn so much from them. I'm proud to publish the magazine bringing ancient science into modern practice for the benefit of all. I call it Practical Metaphysics. Tiana and Tim, I wish you a thousand more episodes. Yeah, I wanted to say our listeners probably know that I had formed a group, the group where Tim came up to me afterward and asked about if I wanted to do the podcast called Austin Spiritual Awakening. And so the Austin Spiritual Awakening group is connected with our podcast because definitely through the group and some of the members, shout out to Nina Jolly. Nina Jolly is somebody who has connected us to a lot of the guests because she's like, oh my gosh, you need to have this person on and all the people that Nina Jolly recommends are always amazing. They have so much information. People like Lizzie Hernandez and Nicole Parrish, they're people that could just totally have their own show and just talk. And and Tim and I are just listening because they have so much to say. And they're people that have become friends of mine now. And so I'm really grateful for that. And then also this opportunity with Victoria to write an article for the Astrologic Magazine came out of this. So I do that monthly, as she said. What I wanted to say about Austin Spiritual Awakening was that one of the members had a session with Victoria. He had a dream that he wanted to work with. And he told me it was just really amazing. And so it's fun when I get that kind of feedback where people have sessions with people that are on our podcast and and get really good results or experiences or guidance or support for anything. And my good friend Shannon, 
who is our astrologer, like she's told me so many times about people from all over the world that have come to her through our podcast. And one of the cool things that happened for her maybe a year or two, maybe it was a year ago, was that a very popular astrology podcast called Astrology Hub had found Shannon through our podcast and asked her to be one of the featured astrologers. Every year, they feature just like 10 or 12 astrologers. And Shannon was a featured astrologer and they found her through our podcast. So it was really cool to hear that. Yeah, when I hear those things, it makes me feel so good because really that's the point of the podcast is to help other people like them. And I think that's awesome. Also, I want to say your meetup group, Austin Spiritual Awakening, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Austin Spiritual Awakening, it kind of is the reason this podcast exists. And it supports it so much. Like you said, like so many guests and things are recommended from them. And I love everybody in that group. I just want to say that it's an awesome group. So we have one more. It's an audio recording, the next mm-hmm. one. So we get to hear this person. Okay. And it's Barbara With, right? Yeah, Barbara With. She did the channeling Einstein and she's coming to Austin and so she'll be here and do a night of channeling and then do that conflict revolution workshop so that's another thing that was really cool oh absolutely yeah I've been announcing that at the end of our past couple episodes Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's about to happen right yeah okay let me play it hey Tiana and Tim this is Barbara with I am calling to congratulate you two on your 101st podcast. Oh my God, I know how much energy it takes to put on a podcast, not just the technical stuff, but the people and the steady stream of inspiring and high-level information that you're providing. You're doing such a great job. I know how much work it is, so kudos for you. And just keep doing what you're doing. And here's to the next 100 I wanted to share with you what happened after our episode aired. And for those who don't know, I am a psychic channel who's been working with Albert Einstein and a group we call The Party, as well as a bunch of angels, since about 1993. And these angels told us they were going to teach us step-by-step instructions for world peace, one person at a time, starting with self. And sure enough, they did. And we call it conflict revolution, not conflict resolution. It's conflict revolution. And it is a revolutionary way to resolve conflicts inside us first and foremost, that are steps on that path to global peace as well. And I'm so excited right now to be out on a world peace tour. And I'm calling for the participation of the willing. Those of you who are willing to take part in what Einstein would call a thought experiment, And I'm calling it a worldwide nonviolent action, not resistance, because we know what we resist persists. So this is a worldwide nonviolent action where we are going to make the choice to end the age of war based on the premise of using conflict revolution or something like it to allow us to get our focus off of the projection and back onto ourselves, and then inspire us to take action to resolve those conflicts within us first and foremost. Not just inspiration to do it, but very clear step-by-step instructions. What happened, though, was I got a call from the granddaughter of an Italian astrophysicist who had actually worked with Albert Einstein in real life. And her grandfather ended up working 
on the Manhattan Project. And she said every time she would ever ask him about what, what happened with the Manhattan Project, he would go in the other room and weep. So we had a fantastic reading and were able to connect with Bruno. And yes, of course he's in the party. Of course he's in the party. There are so many souls in the afterlife who are with us working to help us figure out how to resolve our conflicts because they've escalated. Whatever we're doing isn't working. It's escalated now to the point where we need this new system. So we're calling for the participation of the willing, and I'm so, so thankful for the two of you to, to have a channel where we can have this voice because it's, it's an important conversation we have to have right now. So thanks again, Tiana and Tim. Keep up the great work, and I will look forward to having another conversation with you soon. Maybe I'm leaving for Oslo in December and going to be working around Europe. I've been invited to Romania and also to Tel Aviv. But we'll see how that goes. In any case, hold me in your prayers, folks and continue to become the change. What powerful work she's doing. Before the whole Israel-Gaza thing blew up, it was already so important, but now it's like even more amplified. And it also makes me think about when Russ and Shannon came on and talked about the changing of the nodes and how Aries North Node, Aries is ruled by Mars. And they were saying that there was going to probably be more war and they were saying that switched in the summertime and it's an 18-month transit. And it's so interesting how all of these things play out that way and these bigger energies that are happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see how it all works itself out. Yeah. I just really want to thank all of our listeners. We're so appreciative of you. I just hear little stories here and there from people and just all the ways that one of our guests will impact somebody. And I just really appreciate every single listener. It's so fun to do this and just to have any positive impact on someone's life makes it meaningful and worthwhile. Yeah, I second that. Definitely. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, I guess that's it. And congratulations to you, Tiana. Congratulations, Tim. We'll see where this takes us and how this evolves. So one of the questions from AI was, and I'm kind of just curious how you would answer this. What are some of the future plans or goals you have for the podcast? We talked before maybe about creating a community around this, or we have different ideas, or maybe we'd like to hear from you guys if you have any ideas for the podcast and how you'd like to see us grow and evolve. What, what, what are your thoughts, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. I do want to do something like where there's a community around it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think there's more that can come out of this and people want more. I think there's an opportunity here for us to kind of bring people together. And we've done a lot of that already. And I, I feel like that energy is kind of around us. And so, yeah, we should continue that. I don't know exactly how that would look or how it would play out into the real world. But yeah, I think there's 
definitely something more to this audience and this group that we've created. So yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I want to continue doing guest interviews. And like I said, I have plans to bring on some more people who are not practitioners of something, but who have experienced maybe something weird or different. And I think Experiencers, that, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, a little more of that aspect. And uh, yeah, just keep going, you know? How about you? You got you have any ideas? I think Austin's spiritual awakening, it's got some, what am I trying to say? Crossover. That's crossover. That's exactly the word that I was looking for. Yeah, it's got some crossover, but that community is very much an in-person community, really. But I would love to create more of a beyond the illusion online community. So anyway, that's something that you and I can discuss more. Or also Brandon, when I was just there and then we were hiking and he was like, yeah, we should just do some kind of cool retreat with expanding reality and beyond the illusion where we just go hiking and go on nature walks. And I was like, yeah, I think Tim would be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. I already have that idea. I'm definitely going to do that. That'd be cool if he wants to do that too. I'd I'd be down for Mm -hmm. that for sure. I'm sure they have great areas over by where he is to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or wherever we decide, but not like super structured and so forth. But we could have things like hikes and things like that. But also just people are hanging out, having these deep conversations and so forth, just because that's what our listeners like to do. That's what you and I like to do. And so, yeah, Yeah. it's just fun to have those in person and to meet people while being in a beautiful nature setting, kind of finding that balance. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, here's to the next hundred episodes. Yeah, here's (laughs) to the next hundred. All right. So do you have anything you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye? Oh, I do have something. A friend of mine, Sharon Hudson and I are coming out. So talking about online community, something new that we're creating, it's called Cosmic Mastermind Group. So if anybody is familiar with the mastermind group, I think it was Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow Rich who first sort of created the concept of a mastermind group, especially like people who are small business or solopreneur and so forth. You don't have to be somebody who's in the spiritual business per se, but just maybe somebody who is interested in these concepts, right, about energy and maybe open to astrology or human design. So we're creating a mastermind group of just like eight to 10 people. We're going to meet on Zoom twice a month. And the way the mastermind group is, is each person gets a little time to present maybe a question or ask for support for something from the group, just whether support is your feedback or ideas. Like everybody has your goals or your projects. And so the idea is that Sharon and I are going to cultivate the group because we have a questionnaire that will ask a lot of things. We're going to create the group balanced in our astrology. So like, I think you and I, Tim, we create a really good balance, you with your Taurus earthiness and me with my Cancer Pisces kind of spiritual woo-woo out there-ness, like we balance each other really well. And so that's the idea is to kind of cultivate a group that from that spiritual energetic aspect brings a balance, but also skills and abilities, right? Like somebody's going to be good with really being able to look at the details and somebody else might be good with really promoting their business. And so the mastermind group, it's a mastermind group in that way, but also we're taking into account 
kind of astrology and human design, spiritual aspects. And so I just find as a single business person, you know, that it's kind of hard sometimes doing everything by yourself. And I've just really over the years, having developed kind of a nice little community, found it so helpful and valuable to have people to bounce ideas off of and have people who understand this is have the same struggle. So Sharon and I do that every now and then we get together and we talk about things. And then I just realized that, yeah, that I would like to have a small community like that people who are come together that are all excited, like I am enthusiastic, but also kind of need other people to bounce ideas off and have support from. And so that's something that's going to kick off in January for six months. But right now we're going to start just having people fill out sort of the application form so that we can cultivate this group. Oh, how cool. That's exciting. Yeah. One more thing I want to say about it. Well, I found when I was hanging out with Sharon, one of the things that happened was with my online courses that I'm putting out. And there was a point where I was like, I really want to do this, but it just for whatever reason, couldn't seem to focus on it and get myself to do it. And then I had met up with Sharon for lunch. And it wasn't like she gave me some unique advice that I'd never heard. She just was like, yeah, just take it step by step. But I got home and I was just so motivated and focused. And then I was just like, boom, 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 getting so much done. And I was like, that's so weird. I was trying to think, what did Sharon say? And I was thinking, no, actually, it's not that she said anything. I thought maybe it's her energy. And so I asked her about her human design because there's nine centers and I have seven defined centers and I have two open centers. And one of my open centers is the ego slash heart, which is the will center. And so like all my closest friends all also have that open. (laughs) And when you have a defined center, it gives you access to reliable energy in that area. If you have an open center, then it's going to depend on other influences around. You can be very influenced by your environment. And so I was like, I wonder if Sharon has a defined ego center, because I feel like I got so much will and drive after hanging out with her. And sure enough, she does. She's the only of of my close friends, only person I know that has that. And so it's funny because I do get that when we hang out, just something like, boom, it gives me that inspiration drive. So we went in on my human design app that I subscribed to and I plugged in her information and it can do a composite. And I found that together we complete each other, you know, energetically. And so I also provide where she's missing. And so together we create this like whole energy field. And so part of it also is for the cosmic mastermind is that just by us holding this together and holding that energy space, then anybody who joins, because it's, it's not very common for someone to have all nine defined. So most people, and I remember from yours is more, some people are very open and, and don't have a lot of definition and some people have more definition whatever there's pluses and minuses either way but one of the things that we bring is to have all of that energy to provide for people in the mastermind group so that's different and unique about our cosmic mastermind yeah that's interesting it sounds so powerful too you guys are going to really help people i think So if someone wants to join, how did they submit like an application to you? Yeah, so I'll put a link to the page on my website so people can read more about it. We have a little video where we're describing it more and and there's the link to apply. So yeah, and it's going to be done by Zoom. And so really, it's open to, to anyone. 
I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a win, 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 because it's going to be a win for Sharon and I as well. It's, it's a win when we hear other people talk about their challenges, just like in the podcast, when we talk about our spiritual journey and other people, maybe they're not going through it right now, right? Maybe somebody's not going through the dark night of the soul right now. And then two months from now, and they're like, oh man, Brandon Thomas was talking about that. And they can go back and you feel like not so alone. And you realize also, oh, other people might've already gone through that and can provide maybe some guidance or words of wisdom or support to help you get through that. So we're needing more of this connection. There was a lady that I met when I was at Shannon and Russ's Eclipse event a few weeks ago, and she said, the time for the single shingle is over. And I was like, oh, that's very catchy, you know? So like all of us, it doesn't mean we can't be a one person business like I am. It just means that we can all help each other, that we don't have to do every single piece of it alone. There is that synergistic effect that can happen where we are, are co-creating things together, collaborating, and it's really fun. It's really exciting. And I think that's all part of the Aquarian age moving forward. And so you're going to see more and more things like that where, oh gosh, instead of like, oh, I have to struggle and effort on my own, let's have fun together and work through this together. And two brains are better than one and new ideas will come up. Just like that's how I feel when I was trying to think about doing this podcast by myself. And then I was like, oh no. And then when you came in and said, oh, I'm thinking about, it's like, okay, together, it's so much more doable. And sometimes you're really overwhelmed with all the stuff going on in your life. And then I can maybe step in and do a little extra. And other times I'm really overwhelmed in my life and you step in and do something extra. And this whole teamwork, I think this is very much the Aquarian age. We still retain our individuality and yet we're also really all working together, co-creating. And so we're learning how to do that moving forward. And this is kind of a, a piece of that. Well said. Very, very true. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. And did you mention your website name so they can find it? awakeningtransformation.com and Uh, we'll put a link uh, okay great well thanks again Tiana this was awesome thanks Tim (laughs) alright bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion I'd like to say thank you very much to all the guests who sent in congratulations and all the audience members who listened I'd like to thank everyone for getting us this far into this podcast. We really appreciate all the support and kind words. And if you're interested, please sign up for Tiana's Mastermind program. You can find it on awakeningtransformation.com. And thanks again. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And please leave a rating wherever you listen. This really does help other people find us. Thank you and take care.